Welcome back to the Empowered Woman, Badass, and Unfiltered Podcast. Today, we are talking about having difficult conversations with your teen and preteen kids. Yes, it's possible, especially with my guest today, Nellie Harden. Nellie is an author, speaker, and family life and leadership coach who focuses on helping parents love and lead their teen slash tween daughters in a way that teaches them how to love and lead themselves while building a strong foundation of worth, esteem, and confidence, all before they leave the home. See, we are empowering women today. I'm here for it. I am so here for it. Listen to a little bit more. She is a wife and a mother of four daughters. She retired from homeschool teaching. Like, for one, we don't have to get into that. I'm going to just say that she has a a degree in biology and psychology, years of personal and leadership training in a diverse behavioral background from humpback whales to in the South Pacific, Pacific to teens and parents in homes across the world. She believes in a life of intention, making dreams and goals realities, and knows that the best way to change the world is through one living room at a time. Nellie, I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be here. Yes. So I want to get into your project, like what you're doing. It's your 6570 project. Tell me a little bit about that. It's my address. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. When I was growing up, my dad worked as a as a marketing exec, and whenever he made commercials, he always did stuff for our house. And we had this blasting neon sign of our address in our living room, no joke. And so that's what just comes to mind sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, 6570 is how many days are in 18 years? 6,570. Wow. So... I really call parents architects because, I mean, that's what we're doing. We are building, designing, and planning the beginning of somebody else's life, just like an architect does that to for a building, right, before it gets lived in or worked in or what have you. And we, as parents, are doing that for our kids. And so out of all the projects we're going to do, if you are a parent, this 6570 family project right here, it's one of the biggest projects you'll ever do, right? So we are planning, designing, and building the beginning of someone else's life. And first half of childhood is different than second half of childhood and really diving in there and what the needs are, what the wants are, and how to develop and really get them to a place that they are ready for the world and they are ready to go out and be, you know, know their worth, know their value and have that self-confidence to get out there and affect the world in only the way that they can. So that is what the project is all about. I love that because I was trying to figure that I was like, where is this? Like, <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, so I'm so happy that you led with that. I'm, my husband always talks about leading with the beef. So thank you <laughs> so much for that. Now you've got four daughters mm-hmm. and what are some of the insights that you've seen since you are being more intentional with empowering them? Yeah. What are some of, yeah. It is, I mean, what haven't I learned? I think that would be a much shorter list, honestly, but so 
Uh, my daughters are all teenagers at this point. So I have one that will be at the recording of this will be 18 in two days. So we're at what, 65, 68 today. And she knows too. She's like, it's not the 18th birthday on the calendar. It's the 65, 70 birthday on the calendar that's coming up in two days. And, but anyway, so she'll be 18. And then I have two 15 year olds and I have a 13 year old. So the house is busy and there's a lot going on and all four of them are very, very different young women. Even the twins. I obviously have twins in the middle and, but even them, they're very different. I call them four corners of a square. So then you add my life and my perspective and my experiences in there. And then also trying to raise them and, and really have respect for their needs and wants and where their perspectives, where they're coming from have gained me this like incubator of knowledge that I've been able to sit back and be just one parent, just be me, but be able to have relationships and parent each one of my daughters in the way that they need to be parented in the way that they need their foundations built. It's the same foundation of worth, esteem, and confidence, but it looks different. It's made differently. You know, you can kind of look at it as a, as a house, right? You know, you can, me as an architect, I've learned how to build the foundation, how to build the house, but every house looks different. And I've been able to see, okay, so this is what it looks like when there is more curiosity here or when there is more emotion here. This is what it looks like with brain development happening along the way. And when you're raising these, you know, daughters like this, I really see that the biggest influences in their lives really lie in their biology, right? Like, what is this body? What is going on in here? Especially for young women, right? And then there's the psychology piece of, okay, I I need to know how my thought process works. I need to know how this brain is working right now, what's developed, what's not, and what's not. I can have systems in there in place to bridge the gap until I do have that, you know, full frontal lobe that lies right below my um, my forehead. And that's where all of the critical thinking and all of the risk management and all of that, that's not fully developed till 25. And it is going gangbusters between 11 and 18. And so hel- helping understand them a little bit more, because when I was 18 or 15 or what have you, I'm, I don't know about you, you think, you know, everything, right. And you do up to your capacity, but then as a parent raising young women, I can be like, I see why they think that this is a good idea, even if it's not a good idea. So we can have those discussions, not in a, you're stupid, not in a, you're bad, not in a, you know, shameful way at all. Just, Hey, have you thought about it this way? And my kids know about their brains, right? My kids know about their brains. They know about their, their uh, psychology. And then the other two pieces are culture because None of us can run away from culture, right? Culture is any interaction with anyone, and we were not meant to be islands. And then the other piece is faith and and understanding that there is a bigger story happening here than just you, right? Than just you. You're a part of a bigger story. And so all four of those perspectives and building that foundation right in the middle of those that's really the beauty that I've learned with raising all of these daughters and how it's always different, yet the foundation, essentially, when you break it down, is the same. I love that. Biology, psychology, culture, and faith. Yes. And I love how you also mentioned that 
that frontal lobe ain't done getting mature, ain't ready until 25. So mm-hmm. you might be, you might have like a 21 year old and they're still like, I should know all that. And yeah. yes, we always like, I, I say this to like, I've heard Socrates say it. I've heard a lot of other people say it, but it's so true. You don't know anything until you know, you don't know anything. Like, oh, yeah. And when you start thinking that, you know, everything that's like, that's a dangerous spot to be in, but the way that things are not fully developed, that, that does have that time Mm. with the culture Mm. that we live in. How do you have these difficult conversations with your daughters around culture? Yeah, everything that culture brings. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we have kind of an interesting background to our kids have tried and we have tried as a family every kind of schooling experience. And so they've been in private, they've been in public, they've been in Montessori, they've been homeschooled, they're back in public, they're back in private, like all the things. And so they've had a lot of different experiences, which has its pros and cons too. But we did, we did homeschooling for seven years and it was, it was not something I was equipped for, but I knew I wasn't equipped for. So anyone listening that's even had like a tap on the shoulder, you know, of like, "Mm, maybe you should try this, just go ahead and try it and see if it'll work for you. I do not have a teaching background. I have a biology psychology background. But the growth that happened with us as a family during that time was unlike anything else that I, I would be able to substitute and put in there. And it was it was so fun. And it was so hard. But go into it knowing I don't know what I'm doing. And we're going to figure it out along the way as a team, right? And that's what we're going to do. And so that really leads into these difficult conversations. Now, again, our family is a little unique that we've had to start life with difficult conversations. So my kids were born in 05, 07, 09. And my husband went into cardiac failure at the very end of 08. And then He went through a couple of years in and out of hospitals and then had to have surgery in 2010. And we didn't know if he was going to make it or not. And so when he was in there, my kids were four, two, two and newborn. And we had to start off their lives having difficult conversations. I was not, I I lost my dad when I was just one and a half and I didn't want them to just even even though they were young, especially, you know, my four-year-old, two two-year-olds, I didn't want it to just be daddy's here, daddy's not here, right? I wanted to have the conversations because I wish I would have been old enough that I would have been able to have those and understand a little bit more what was going on back then. And so we had hard conversations. We talked to them as though, you know, they were you know, young women and not just little babies. We didn't just, you know, your kids, I'm going to treat you like a kid. We always knew that they, we were raising people, right? We weren't raising kids. No one wants to raise kids. We want to raise people. And so if we raise kids, then they stay kids, even when they're in their thirties, forties, fifties, et cetera. We want to raise people. And that's what we had to start off doing in a more harsh way. But it was also so loving and so tender and so caring during that time. And then we just were able to continue that based off of the roots that we started with. And anytime you're having these conversations with kids, and I will say like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. It's so hard, right? 
some big ones that come off the top of my head are, you know, big divorce conversations. I work with families, you know, through that type of thing, or there was a death in the family and we have to have that, or they were at school and their, you know, pet hamster died, you know, type thing, all the things you, or there's an altercation between you and there is, you know, fuel to that fire. And you guys are struggling because your child wants to do one thing and you want to do another. When you come into that conversation, there's really five things that I highly recommend you do. And I I don't have time to go into too much detail, but I'll let you know what they are. And the first one is to be calm. Like you have to be calm when you go into a conversation. Us as parents, we are leading them along this track to become self-disciplined leaders of their own lives before they leave home. And so in that, we as parents need to intentionally, right? We're not just parents. We're not just, you know, the house they live in or the people that put food in their bellies. We are the leaders of their lives. We are those architects, like I talked about earlier. So we lead, they follow, so they learn how to lead. That's how that succession happens, right? We lead them, so they learn how to lead, and then they lead themselves. And so if we're coming in calm, no matter what the temperature of their, you know, attitude and tone are, what have you. If we come in calm, it gives them permission to be calm as well. And we have to stay calm no matter what. And if you can't in the moment, totally get it, right? I have four daughters. It can get crazy sometimes. Take a pause. Take a pause and just be like, you know what? I really want to help you through this. I really want to get through this with you. But right now, I don't want to say or do anything that I'm going to regret. So I'm going to hit pause on this for a little bit. We're going to come back in 30 minutes. We're going to come back in two hours, whatever it is that fits your needs right then. But take a pause if you need to, but come in calm, right? So that's the first thing that you want to do. And then next, you really want to be curious because us as parents, we can really come in with a whole lot of assumptions. And we all know what assuming can do, right? The old the old adage, right? And so you come in with a bunch of assumptions, and then it could have nothing to do with what's actually going on. It could have nothing to do with what they're actually thinking or feeling. So you want to come in calm and then be curious and ask all the questions and say, okay, so I understand that you made this decision. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? What led you to that decision? Or I heard you say this. Could you tell me what led you to saying that or doing that or what have you? Or, you know, if if something outside of them happened and you want to come in, just say, I understand that, you know, you were really close. I'll just use the hamster, for example. I understand you were really close with, you know, your hamster. I'm really sorry about that. Are you doing okay? Right. And really actually listen. So calm and curious, then you want to connect. And that's where you come in and you bring that empathy piece in, which is so imperative as a parent to be empathetic towards your kids. And you want to bring that empathy piece in and say, you know what, this is really hard. I get it. Even if you are in total disagreement with them, whatever the root cause of what is happening, I promise you can connect with, right? They made a bad choice about something, but maybe that bad choice was made because they weren't feeling like they were seen or heard by anyone. And so they did something completely obnoxious in order to be seen and heard, right? So connect with them on that deeper level. One of those, you know, everyone wants to be seen, heard, loved, have have a purpose and uh, belong to something, right? And so we want to be able to fill those needs and everything that they do 
really stems off of those five needs. So connect with them on that level. Let them know that you're human too. You're not just this parent that's sitting on this throne, you know, with a stick saying, you're good, you're bad, you know, do this, do that, right? You're a person that they can connect with because we're not creating this, this hierarchy of people here. We're creating a family and a family works together. And so that's calm, curious, connect. Next is cultivate. And that's really just like the nuts and bolts. Like we're working through something, whatever the resolve is going to be. Okay. So you're going to do this. I'm going to do this. Okay. We're going to go here. This is going to happen, whatever that is. And then the clarity, which is that fifth piece, that is where you're like, okay, so we talked about all this. We went through all of this. What are you taking out of this conversation? This is what I'm taking out of the conversation. Because if you leave the clarity piece out and you went through all of this and you had this beautiful conversation, but then you were like, okay, peace out, then there's not going, you're going to have, going to have the same conversation in next week or in two days from now, the same thing, because you need to bring that clarity in, in order to have the work laid out before you of what's going to happen. So we're not doing this conversation again in two days. And if it does happen again in two days, that's okay. Just lay the clarity out again, and then you can work, work forward from there. But that's really a great outline that I love to use from me, myself, my family, my clients to having these courageous conversations with our kids. I love that. So I've got a few things because I got, I got some notes. You, you provided me <laughs> with plenty of things to take notes on. <clears throat> and I, I saw something that you posted. And this, it reminds your, your story about your husband having to have surgery in 2010 and you having to have those tough conversations. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Reminded me of this post that you're doing things for your children's needs and not for your childhood needs. Mm, mm -hmm. And I think that that's an important statement to make too, that even though you lost your father at a very young age, you're like, this is what they're going to need in this time. Having these tough conversations is not necessarily easy, but it's what they need in this current moment. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many things as as parents, especially the parents today. Many parents today were 80s, 90s kids, right? And 
during the 80s and 90s, we were in this kind of weird, I, I do a whole presentation on the history of parenting, but we were in this weird, like post industrial, but still industrial idea of parenting. You know, we, if anyone's seen stranger things out there, that show cracks me up. I mean, it's a good show, what have you, but the parenting and it cracks me up that they're sitting on the couch and they're like, have you seen, you know, Jimmy or whatever? Oh, it's like 930 at night on a school night. And he's like, oh, I saw him on his bike earlier today. I think he's fine, you know, <laughs> just like, oh, wow. You know, and so we had to figure a lot of stuff out on our own. And you also don't want to go to the other side of that pendulum, which is, you know, the helicopter parenting, micromanaging everything. But there's this beautiful medium in there where people work together. Parents and kids work together. Parents are still the, you know, team captains, but we are all, are all a team together. And our family isn't the same if one person isn't pulling their weight or if one person isn't there or what have you, right? We're all together. And, but my point is there's a lot of things that we can bring into parenting baggage wise that negative baggage that we didn't mean to, but we're all of a sudden passing on to them. You know, a great example, especially for a young woman is, you know, I was called ugly or what have you when I was, and when I was in high school, because my mom, and this isn't a true story for myself, I'm just giving an example. You know, my mom never let me wear makeup and people made fun of me for it. And then all of a sudden, next generation, you have a pageant kid right? And so this is where this generational yo-yo can happen. If we don't take pause and say, hold on, what are some of my own core beliefs that I actually want to bring into parenting? What are some of them that I don't want to bring into parenting? And how can I start to dissipate those and, and not bring that negativity into the next generation, right? And so it's really interesting when you dig into the nuts and bolts of these things. And a lot of the work that we do, Take the Lead is the name of the program that we have. And a lot of the work we do is parents and kids coming along and building together, which is such a beautiful thing to witness. I love how you talk about being a team so much. I said this at my job because I manage a restaurant. And I'm like, we're a team. I don't want to consider us like a family because there's a lot of times in family oriented situations, they let a lot of toxic stuff go. Yeah. They just live with it and they just accept it. I'm like, nah, we're a team. We each offer assets to this organization. When we work with each other, we, we look for solutions. And I think that you're, how you've just described this five steps to having these conversations really helps do that. It also helps promote critical thinking skills in your children when you, you know, when you're curious, when you are curious to, and you don't just come in with assumptions, like, you know, everything we're, we're not feeling like we know everything. No, let's help build these thinking skills in our children. And also we're building our own active listening skills too. Mm -hmm. And we can ask ourselves these own questions. Um, I think that the amount of personal development and self-awareness required is, is something we should mention too. Like, this is for like, we, we got to look in our own dirty mirrors and not be like, okay, well, I'm going to be this perfect parent and not fix me first and not actually get the healing I need. Because all of the things that you're mentioning when it when it comes to especially making sure that you're not doing this for a, a need that you have as a child, a lot of these needs are subconscious, mm-hmm. you know, they're so deep down and you've got to, you've got to get there to kind of find, work, find out yeah. what those things are. What are some suggestions that you have? 
for a parent that needs, I mean, and I think we all need to do more work and digging mm-hmm. deep and finding out what some of our core childhood wounds are. Where would you say a parent should start with that? I really just recommend you starting with looking at what your core beliefs are and what do I just sit with a journal. I have like five of them here, right on my desk and sit with a journal, say, what do I believe about myself? Right? What do I believe about the world? What do I believe about other people? Right? And just asking yourself, and what do I believe about God? If that, you know, uh, what do I believe about work, right? Work ethic and, and what that does, right? Is work just to bring in a paycheck so I can pay the bills or is work a mission, a ministry, whatever that is, like a project for you for life, a calling? What is it? Like, what are your core beliefs? And then really like go through those and nitpick and say, is that really something that I want to have? Is that a core belief I want to have? I might have it, but do I want to have it, right? And then once you really start to work through those and say, okay, these are the, you know, three to five core beliefs that I really want to pour myself into. And I'm going to start letting go, intentionally letting go of the rest. Now I will say from personal experience, they will try to grab back onto you over and over and over and over again. And you in your consciousness need to be the one that lets go. They're going to try to grab you again. You need to let go. And the more times you let go, the less grab that grasp they're going to have the next time. And finally, they're in your rear view, right? And so once you're working through those core beliefs, you can get into your core values and your core values are what support your core beliefs, right? So um, you can go online and just Google list of core values. Brene Brown has a great one that I highly recommend. You can just go in there. And take them all and it's just words, but you want to go through and I recommend just highlighting, going through and highlighting or circling, whatever, all the ones that pertain to you. There's probably a few hundred on here, but you want to narrow them down to just three, four at the very most, but just three if you can. And what that is, is you are within this fence. You are standing within this fence and these three or four sides are all around you. Nothing can get to you and your core beliefs unless it passes through this fence. Okay. And so I teach this to families so that parents know for themselves, but also this is what we need to teach our kids as well. And your core values can change over time. I, I know my core values when I was 15 are definitely different than mine at 44, you know, and so I think I'm 44. I, I lose track, but anyway, so I sit in there. So mine, just to give you an example, my core values are integrity, faith and wisdom. Okay. So in nothing can get to me. And this is my filter that all the world is coming at me all the time. All that culture, right. That we talked about all the, all the things from the outside world coming in. I'm like, "Mm -mm, nothing is going to get to me unless it goes through this fence that I have, I have intentionally put up around myself of faith, integrity, and wisdom. Is it growing me in my wisdom? And wisdom is practical wisdom. It is intrinsic, right? How do I know about myself or extrinsic relationship, all the things, right? Existential. And so wisdom, integrity is so important to me. And then my faith. And people ask me sometimes, they're like, but you work in family, your family is super important to you. For me, family, which was another one of those that I circled on that value values list, it fits under 
faith, integrity, and wisdom for me. So it's going to look different for everybody. And it's so beautiful to see uh, do this exercise as a family. And I, I think we first did this when my youngest daughter was eight. And so you can do it with them and just help them understand along the way. But it gives them a stake in the ground to start to understand these skills and processes of, okay, I am you know, just eight years old, but I'm going to, when, you know, little Sally or whatever comes up to me on the playground or at school and is being rude or wants me to do something or is gossiping about somebody or whatever, say, "Mm, nope, that doesn't, you know, fit through my filter that I have of integrity, if that's one of hers or whatever, whatever they chose at the time. So having, figuring out your core beliefs, limiting it down, finding what you actually want to work uh, work on, letting go of the ones that you don't, and then finding your core values that are going to support those is definitely where I would start. And that's where in it's the vision, uh, it's part of the vision piece that we do in the tools that you need to build that foundation I was talking about earlier. Awesome. 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 It's funny. We actually started doing like what our core values are before we had our son. Oh, and yay. I know, like, I I know these things change over time, but like mm-hmm. where we're, we, we were at and we're still like developing these as well as like our family mission statement. Mm-hmm. And my husband being in the military and me doing all of the things that I do, I found that we are servant. We, we believe in servant leadership. Yeah. That's one. And it's a part of our like mission statement. I'm still building it, but I love how you talked about narrowing it down to, you know, three or four max of these core values, because, you know, we don't need to make this overcomplicated, you know, like, like we don't, we don't, we got to focus on the doing. And I also love how you talked about, you know, Practicing and implement and implementing of letting the, the things that are no longer what you identify with go. And it takes work, just like boundaries take work. Like boundaries don't matter unless you actually implement them. That's the hardest. You can come up with them. Oh yeah, that's going to be great for me. But um, what are you doing to actually implement those guys? Right. Like, come on, be real. So yeah, no, I, I thank you so much for this. Tell me or tell the listener where all they can go to find you. Yeah, I like to keep it super simple because <laughs> there's enough complicated in the world. So everything you can find on my website, which is just nellieharden.com. And there is a masterclass on there. There's resources, all of the communities you can link to through there as well. And you can find me and all of my contact information there. So that's where I would recommend you go, just nellieharden.com. Awesome. Well, Nellie, thank you so much for being here today. I greatly appreciate your time and all of these knowledge you gave me. I mean, look at all the, I got tons of notes <laughs> on here. Thank you. That's the goal. That's the goal. In fact. Seriously. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for having me. This is wonderful. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass.